Hey, Mark. Hey, Kevin. Well, it's um, another episode of Help Us Not on the Way. You almost said, are we recording, didn't you? I almost did. <laughs> I actually thought that's what you were going to say. That? Maybe that's what I thought instead of what you were going to say. Right. Because <laughs> this is Help Us Not on the Way, our other podcast. Our other podcast. The one that people actually like. <laughs> <laughs> the one that people listen to. The other one that's not just pure self-indulgence. Yes, exactly. Um <laughs> And uh, it's been a while, but I think we've got some good stories. So um, I know you're going to go first, but I'm going to say what what I'm doing, yeah, which is a balloon guy. Yeah, we're a talking failed about, balloon guy. We're talking about we need to have a whole category of balloon guys or yes. balloon, failed balloon endeavors. Mm-hmm. I think I think that you could have a whole subgenre. It's it's a thing, people. It's a, if you're not aware of it, it is a thing. And what do you, and what do you have? Well. <clears throat> So I was inspired uh, this week to come up with something that because of um, a certain gentleman that we mention a lot on our other podcast has decided to create his own town. Mm-hmm. It seems like a perfect utopia, perfect, perfect storm um, in the sense of like, you know, storms being like pleasant and nice and never like sort of like, you know, like completely chaotic and and subject to the whims of the wrath of their God. And in this case, the God is the creator of the town, I think, at least in his own mind. And what's cool, you know, about this kind of thing is, you know, like Elon Musk, they're libertarians. True. Right. And, and of course, liber- libertarianism, the beauty of it, Mark, if you're not familiar with yeah. this ism, mm-hmm. is that, you know, everything just takes care of itself. Right. So, right. so it's all good. You don't sure. need like, the heavy hand of government. Yeah. To come in and tell you how to live yes, your life exactly. and all this stuff. And, and I think that that's really what um, it's, this falls into the, um, what could possibly go wrong? In fact, actually maybe that's the next name of our next name of our next podcast. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? This is called um, the free town project. Now you'd heard of this, but I hadn't mm-hmm. until relatively recently. Yeah. <clears throat> stumbled across it. Pretty I, exciting. I stumbled, I, you know, like because I was going to join. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, you live it in your own home. That's true. You don't do the dishes because nope. they're going to do the, eventually they're right. going to work themselves out. They'll return to the earth. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, you know, that's the way our household works, because if you want something, you just have to do it. Yeah. You just have to do it. You have right. to do my dishes. I had a roommate once who wouldn't do his dishes. He was a libertarian. Well, and he had a, he had a thing where he was like, well, <clears throat> how about if like I just do your dishes and then I make dinner when I want to make dinner. And then you do my dishes when you want to make dinner. It's a re- – and I couldn't quite – and I, I really like the guy. He's a good good guy, great friend. Um, um, but I could not get it through his head that that didn't really – because I don't want to scrape the beans off of his – out of his <laughs> – bowl or dish or whatever so i can make dinner i want to start dinner from with a something of a clean slate and having and at the worst be it my own mess that i'm cleaning up not someone else's so i can make dinner but to his mind it made perfect sense i'll just do your dish and i kept thinking like i don't leave the mess you do i at least put water in my dish i was just gonna say let me guess his dishes were disgusting he didn't he didn't like yeah if he cooked something he wouldn't put he wouldn't fill it like not that you should. You waste right. the water. Fill it with water, right? So it was like super hard baked on whatever. Yeah, and so you were supposed to scrub it with like a scouring pad. For yeah, I it. had to go. I had to scrub it with a scouring pad, then throw it away, then go buy a new pot and come <laughs> I, back and cook my dinner. That's the. That was the. How about you clean yours? I'll clean mine. 
it was you know he's a he's a libertarian i don't know i don't know if he knows it or not but he's a libertarian it'll work itself out Next let's time do the other bear, uh, cleaning his dishes so <clears throat> he will <laughs> lapping his dishes when he comes home this is called the free town project um and uh surprise somewhat surprisingly it actually lasted for years um or still kind of is i still think still kind of i think technically way. or whatever according to somebody's yeah definition is still going exactly so um, in, in around 2004, this group of libertarians, they're, they're, <clears throat> they're out there in the world and they're, they're sort of like AOLing each other back then and trying to figure out how to like, you know, get, it's the early days of, of outrage on the internet, right, <clears throat> of how things are being handled. And um, they decide to take over. So what ultimately this is about is they decide to take this group decides to take over a small town in New Hampshire to create a, a free state utopia. The intents to take over a town and turn it into a perfectly logical and perfectly market-based community, which is, of course, Ayn Rand's, like, concept when she created Galt's Gulch in... in, um, in Atlas oh, Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Oh, why can't I think of the name of that book? <clears throat> in Atlas Shrugged. Now, of course, if you've ever read Atlas Shrugged and you're not crazy, you know that this is absolutely not going to happen. This isn't going to work. It's like, it's kind of like Animal Farm. You read Animal Farm and you know halfway through the book, like, this isn't going to work. Like, someone's eventually going to, like start taking over like things aren't going to work the way you think it's going to the beauty of liber libertarianism is that it's really the like kind of the wet dream of 20 something single males totally yeah it's the um and and Rand paul <laughs> right <laughs> exactly so and i think what i think part of what that is is they don't many of these people cannot conceptualize and I don't mean to dis dis don't say everybody who's libertarian is like a complete lunatic, but like a lot of people can't quite grasp the fact that this isn't gonna other people aren't gonna be like you in this. <laughs> it's like showing up at the airport and going like, "Why do you need to search my bag? I'm not carrying a gun." Right. Yeah, but like the guy behind you might be. Sure. Yeah. And we don't know. I'm a good neighbor. I'm a good neighbor. Just because you're a good neighbor doesn't mean right. everyone's gonna be. Just because yeah. you know. So this is really kind of the takeaway from all of this is the fact that like. This is actually a great quote in the end I'll bring up. Anyway, the intent is to take over a town and turn it into this sort of market-based, perfectly you know, like perfect community. So I'll, I'll outline the, con the sort of general concept of libertarianism for anyone who doesn't know about it. Um, a libertarian is, uh, in simple terms, is averse to any government inter interference in their lives, especially taxes. They believe that if left alone, <clears throat> free individuals would thrive and self-regulate and that logic, reason, and efficiency would prevail and guide them. So sort of like things will work themselves out, as you put, right? So it starts when this group of libertarian, libertarians um, make this call out to other like-minded believers via their online forums to move to this town in New Hampshire, uh, this rural town called Grafton. They chose Grafton because it... Uh, it was in the live free or die state, which already aligned in many ways with their belief structure with the lack of both sales and income tax and boasting the highest per capita machine gun ownership of all the states. <laughs> As an aside for anyone who's out there who knows this, this is the state that um, that also produced Gigi Allen, the the famous shock punk rock musician who, uh, <laughs> who was very much a libertarian, I would suggest. He definitely let it all sort itself out. Um, <laughs> um, Grafton, <clears throat> it fits the bill because they, they looked around and they figured it was going to be New Hampshire, but they looked around and, um, <clears throat> uh, it fits the bill because it was small land was cheap. 
There's no zoning in place, so they could fashion whatever living arrangements they needed to afford to move in. It also had uh, a history of avoiding taxes, apparently way back in, 19, in 1777, I should say. Uh, it was the first instance where Grafton was like, we're not paying your taxes. <laughs> and so people were already sort of aligned with that concept <clears throat> from way back in time. The invaders, who uh, were soon living in campsites, shipping containers, yurts, and mobile homes, um, were mostly white males. Numbered in the hunt, it ended up eventually numbered in the hundreds, as far as anyone was counting. Some were wealthy and could afford the move. Others, pretty much drifters, taking advantage of uh, the circumstances. Ooh. Yeah, that that that's kind of the thing we were just talking about, right? I mean, that not everybody subscribes to your way of thinking, but they but are pretty they, happy with yes, your way of living. Exactly. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Wild Wild Country, the Netflix documentary, right? about the Rajneeshi and all of these, like the, all people who just sort of like they, they cast out to a, a huge homeless population to come in and they were like, come on in. It's just what you want. And also it'll like stack our numbers for voting purposes. And ultimately they were like, Oh wait, we, we did not intend. For right. This. this is not what they're mentally ill people. <laughs> there are people who could care less. Surprise, about surprise. Right. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of people who didn't care about the cause showed up, but sort of found themselves, attracted for some reason to the concept but pretty few of them had nine to five jobs you can imagine because you yeah. can just up and move to a town in the middle of nowhere right so the move happened um also without letting the the good people of grafton know about the plan i'm sure they were very um on board with yeah there were about 800 voting voter registered citizens and most of the town woke up one day pretty much to realize that they were being invaded by outsiders um which is which unbeknownst to the libertarians would actually be to them something worse than the concept of paying taxes. Like people underestimate the amount the, the, like the protectionism of people, especially in a small community or really anywhere about how outsiders is a thing. Oh yeah. I mean, imagine if someone comes to your neighborhood and it's like, yeah, we're tearing down all the houses, but yours and putting up high rises. You're like, uh, say what? Yeah, for my first thing, and it sucks. It's like sort of a sucky thing in a way. Is we all first thing look at the license plate. Where are you from? Right. You know, especially in a place that sort of has sort of transient people. Where are you moving from? What's your? Pro I like to see. I love. I actually. I actually. Whenever I drive past a vehicle that's been pulled over, I check the license plate, and when it's out of state, I'm kind of like, yeah. I mean, Mark, sucky. I've never done that here in Whitefish. <laughs> it's kind of a sucky thing during, to do. During COVID, I think I think that's all I did is drive drive around town looking at license plates. I got pulled <laughs> over in Utah once. I was it was a I the the, the speed limit changed uh, from like 30, 45 to a twenty five in like like and 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 apparently the cops knew because everyone misses anyone that doesn't know it misses this sign and i did i missed this i was talking to my kids and i missed the sign i got pulled over i got a ticket only ticket i've gotten in my life and um and i can guarantee you there were i was on the side of the road with california license plates and there were people who were looking at me going like yeah yeah stick it to it. get california get go back home go get them <laughs> yeah police presence correct yeah, that's right and then thinking that they'd actually targeted me maybe they did good for them whatever here I am today. I'm fine. Um, so, um, <clears throat> so the move happened, as I mentioned, without local people knowing, and they they were suddenly invaded. They held a town meeting, and it was pretty clear that people were not happy to be part of this experiment. Uh, things get worse when they realize exactly what quote freedom meant to some of the transplants. Don't forget, you know, this isn't some like group of like like-minded people who have all been vetted. 
No, no, this it's a, anybody. Yeah, this is a group of like-minded yeah. people, some of which are coming here even from the beginning because they kind of want a certain type of freedom that maybe not everybody agrees with. <clears throat> One newbie who was an original mastermind of the scheme, his name's Larry Pendarvis. He had posted online his intentions to create a space honoring freedom to traffic organs, hold duels, <laughs> and the God-given right to hold bum fights. Like, I think they mean like, homeless people brawls oh, and like bet on them. Like a, like a cockfight, <clears throat> yeah. but with homeless, homeless people, people instead, or dogfight. Uh, or he whatever. also felt, quote, victimless crimes should not be prosecuted, including consensual cannibalism. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, it does seem like a bum fight might have victims. Uh, you know, but if you're but if you're on board for it, I mean, you're 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 a you're but that's kind of like Squid decision. Games, right? I mean, nobody nobody wants to get shot because they failed at the game; they did it because they're destitute and have no other choice. Not as far as Larry Pendarvis <laughs> right. is concerned. Exactly, Larry Pendarvis may have written Squid Games, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, written, directed, and acted in Squid Games. Pendarvis was eventually. <laughs> Produced, he produced art director. Right. Um, <laughs> Pendarvis was eventually eventually uh, moved away to a more um, suitable and acceptable state. He went to a gated community somewhere. He moved to Texas. Oh, Texas, right. So a gated community in the like in the shape of Texas. Right. Um, but many of his compatriots remained. One arriving on a, one of his com, one of the people who sort of moved here in this exodus was um, arrived uh, on a mission from God. Oh, Jake or Elwood? <laughs> it was Jake and Elwood. Yeah, <laughs> right. it was Jake, two of them, Jake and Elwood. Yeah, they set up the local we're church, the local blues God. church. <laughs> right. Others were survivalists. Uh, there was an anti-circumcision activist. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, as the years drifted by, and believe me, this did, this did go on for years, like as this sort of transpired. Uh, <clears throat> um, and many of the locals realized they'd they actually kind of aligned politically and idealistically with the invaders. And also, um, apparently, one of the reasons they chose this town is because there wasn't a lot of civic involvement. Like, oh. People weren't really like... So they could kind of take over. Yeah, they were like, people weren't really paying attention. They weren't involved. And, yeah. you know, then only they got involved after the fact too much, although outrage at the town hall meeting. <clears throat> so they, um, they, when they realized they had some... When some people realized they had some idealistic and political um, um, alignments with the invaders they uh, they made they did the invaders did make inroads into the government so um, first with these inroads they tried to uh, withdraw from the school district refused to continue to pay for road repairs and attempted to, to declare Grafton a United Nations free zone. Because <laughs> the United Nations had a heavy presence in the town yeah, beforehand, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were thinking about building a 26-story <laughs> right. you know, United Nations hub there. <laughs> um, right, like, like, really paying attention to Grafton. Um, these all failed, but um, there were a, they were able to convince enough people in the town to cut town services back drastically. These included policing, road services, fire service, and the public library. Some town buildings couldn't even afford to pay their heating bills. The town budget was cut by 30% while population swelled, but tax revenue dropped. Hmm. How does that usually work? I mean, you know, I know you can, like, as, as the conservative I am, Mark, 
you can cut taxes and not cut spending and things just magically work out. They work out. Yes. Work themselves out. Like the dishes in the sink. Right. Yeah. Someone's going to do them after you. Let the next generation do that. Like I dishes. said, magical thinking of 20-somethings, Yeah, let right? the next generation yeah. clean up your, mm. you know, your sewage spills. I don't really care about my kids. <laughs> no, don't either. Yeah, right. In fact, I want to punish them for what they've done to me. <laughs> exactly. The effects are not what most, um, what most of the supporters expected. Uh, because, again, like, they, they, you, know, you know, there's this idea that what you think is going to work out and the way you and and I think if you in, in not not maybe Larry's like idea of freedom, but yeah, if you took a single person's really thought out idea of something and everyone adhered to that specifically, you might get away with it. Like like there are people who are conservatives who are strong environmentalists. Okay, you know what I mean. We can figure, you know what I mean. But the problem is that not everybody agrees with, agrees with, or will do exactly what you do. Right. In other words, I don't have to check your bag when you get on the airplane, but that doesn't mean you have that you can trust everybody else getting on the airplane. I mean, like technically, a libertarian would be fine with abortion, drug use, um, you know, transgender, Everything. LGBTQ plus, right? It all, you, yeah. Except that we know that that's nobody is truly 100% that libertarian no no i well i've never met them it's going to go off the ra- well and even if you are it go it's you 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 have to put restrictions on things i don't like when my neighbor burns tires right but he believes it's his right yeah because there's a wind that always blows it straight into my house yeah Am I just going to suffer this because my neighbor, because I'm a libertarian and my neighbor has the right to do it? Eventually, you're going to get fed up with the fact your neighbor's burning tires and your kid's coughing up tire gunk. Right. <laughs> so, so while some of the town costs did go down, many, such as legal fees for fighting off free towners, constant lawsuits went up because it turns out these free state libertarians are incredibly litigious people. Yeah, that's su- kind of surprising, Mark. They're constantly suing the town right that seems kind of antithetical to libertarianism doesn't it yeah doesn't it so um a robust private sector um which is another very ayn randian concept which will take over you know the the railroads and all of this will take over and they will they will save you know as long as they'll never derail and explode and burn vinyl chloride in your neighborhood they'll never do that if they do they'll have the integrity to do the right right thing no they won't nope they will not. And a, a lynch you, mob would make them do the right thing, but you know that's where yeah things devolve. In Galt's into, Gulch, right? in Galt's Gulch, if there is a derailment of a train, they will walk away and be like, "Sorry, we're moving out of Galt's Gulch because we can afford it, and you can." That's right. The company's bankrupt. I'm not. In fact, but we, the company is. In fact, we never ran this stuff through Galt's Gulch because guess what? We were rich, and we would never do that through a rich our neighborhood. We'd That's only right. Do it through your neighborhood, where we can turn our backs and walk away when the time. If ever, if ever there's a spill. Probably a neighborhood full of poor people. Probably, unfortunately, probably. So, which is obviously a part of this too, is the fact that the the, the, the good people of Grafton are probably not, you know, in the top 100, you know, in the top right. 1%. They're not the earners. No. And yet here they are, just like a lot of people going like, well, I want to be like, this. it's like, well, taxes aren't your problem. Right. The fact that I am, that, 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 that the rich guy who lives, you know, in wherever is not paying his taxes because he doesn't have to and he's found ways out of it and you're supporting the role, well, yeah. the laws that he's support con- that. He's convinced you 
to get on board with him not paying his fair yeah, share, right? Because you don't, you shouldn't have to pay taxes. You shouldn't have to pay your like whatever fifteen percent. So he doesn't have to pay his thirty five. But he is fine, no matter what he pays. You know. So here we go. But but we digress, Kevin. We, we, yes. we digress. Um, <clears throat> the robust uh, private sector uh, to take place of government and taxes uh, fails to materialize. The town becomes it becomes a haven for sex offenders, and crime <laughs> goes up, including its first ever uh, double murder. I don't want to laugh about it becomes a haven for sex offenders. I did be not that I think having a town full of sex offenders is funny, just that it's ironic. It is ironic. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's really ironic. Um, so crime goes up. There's a double murder. There's never been a murder in the town. Meanwhile, one of the police chief. Meanwhile, the one police chief and his deputy can't get around because there's no money to fix their only police car, so they can't even get to the scene of whatever's going on. Now, um, so seeing as how there are few rules governing the town and none restricting land use, people begin throwing garbage out. However, out onto their property, I should say, um, and wherever they feel like it, really. Um, however, and um, um, this causes a problem because uh, it attracts bears. Additionally, people um, have no restrictions, so they also, some people who are a little bit more enlightened, like to feed the bears. <laughs> <laughs> like actively feed the bears because it's nice to watch bears eat, apparently. I, I'm fond of saying don't eat don't feed the pigeons, but you know, in this instance, it's you would be that they would just change the saying to "Don't feed the bears." Well, and well, exactly. And you have to ask yourself this question again as a libertarian. You're a libertarian, and I'm going to put this to you, Kevin. Put your mind. Be a libertarian in this moment. Um, you don't want bears on your property or around, like, and you don't want them to get all crazy and aggressive because there's food everywhere. But I'm your neighbor and I'm feeding the bears and you want to be able to th- and the other neighbor wants to be able to throw garbage out onto their property that's open and they bears attracts bears. So what do you as a libertarian who doesn't want bears do? Well, there's a couple of options, Mark. Mm-hmm. So one, you just build like a wall around your place, right? Walls. And then you walk around with guns at all times and you get like an armored vehicle so the bear could never get you. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. two, you get the rest of the townspeople to come and make those people pay for what they did. Punishment. Punishment, P- Mark. Punishment yes. pay. Not because yes. you can't, no taxes. Right, right. Not. I'm not saying monetary i'm saying physical like mm. broken fingers kneecaps maybe Ooh. you know broken windows burn their house down so you go, drive ma- them out you of go town. mafia on them yeah yeah, yeah you exactly go, you go tony soprano those are them. your two options in a pure libertarian I society with number one i think i go with number one yeah yeah it's a little i don't know but, but like, who wants to have to drive around in an armored vehicle with you know with a wall around your place like i i think i'd go with the breaking some kneecaps kevin i think we've already realized that the concept of freedom in most people americans mind is a wall around everything and, you're, and you can't get out and nobody can get in so you know what the option would have been i didn't think of this they could have just been richer and they could have had a much bigger piece of property then it wouldn't matter that they had to like, pay like 400 wall. miles yes you're 400 exactly. miles away from the people right the bears aren't going to bother the bears you. don't bother you yeah. yeah you're not living right in your border you're right in the middle of your right. 400 miles you may be 200 miles from your border you got a 200 mile right. like these buffer. are just unsuccessful libertarians that just you know weren't wealthy enough they, yeah 
Those are my. Those are the worst kind of libertarians. Uh, they are. I mean, the ones who complain constantly and don't have enough money to buy themselves out of their problem. Right. So, um, some people do enjoy uh, watching the bears eat, so they feed the bears. This attracts uh, black bears, who uh, soon the word gets out with the black bear community, um, who are also, by the way, libertarians. They're a bunch of freeloaders too, and they're freeloaders. Yeah, they're like a bunch of hippie freeloading libertarians is what they are. It's the worst combination. They do not care about government. They don't pay taxes. Nope. They don't care about rules. They poop wherever they want. Wherever they want to. Completely whatever they want to do. They will dig through your garbage. They'll walk through your land. No, no they don't care about your land. No. They, it's, there's no land. As, as far as, as they're... Con- so, you know what? They're almost... Maybe they're less libertarian and more... Because hmm, they don't believe in private property. This is like right? the battle of the libertarians yeah. more than we realized when we started this thing. This is actually, it's so not a free town. Project. Maybe they're it's communists a, or something, those bears. I mean, they're practically communists. <clears throat> practically. They're like one step beyond libertarian. They right. don't pay taxes. So it's a circle and you go past libertarian, you get straight over to some other ism. I don't even know what to do here, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> my mind is blown. <laughs> it's just going around in a circle. I forgot where I am because the bears are now the libertarians. And the libertarians are actually like conservative compared to the bears. Oh yeah, I mean they're basically like Democrats. Well, you know what could happen is, and and, and I, I've I've had this mind destroying conversation before. The the all the libertarians could get together and form a group of people mm-hmm. who will pool their money together mm-hmm. to get like mm-hmm. bear security. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not a government, Mark. Mm-mm. 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 It's a group of people get together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they voluntarily pay some of their income right weird okay yes yeah, to this organism to this like group this okay. this like overarching group okay. which will then enforce some rules because yeah, you can't each individually do it no right you kind of have to sort of yeah. like have a exact commonality yeah to it, right yeah. right oh. i mean you might you might almost call it like a municipality and a government no, yeah, no. Those, no, I don't want to no, use those words. Right. Those, are, those are those those words trigger we'll me, up, Kevin. We'll come up with like the. I'm feeling triggered. Kevin, I don't know by the, the word. Your choice. We'll of come words. up with the like, you know, the ruling committee and the organization or the hmm. the locality and the yeah. I don't know. Let's we'll do have this to work off on microphone, the, yeah. but maybe we'll come back to this. We'll uh, have we'll to come, work we'll on that. We'll go back to the audience on this one. Um, so this attracts black bears. And soon the word gets out <clears throat> to the black bear community. And um, and with no a town, town officials in place to help, wait, I mean, the police, the only people that can help are the police, and they don't even have a car. They're um, having trouble chasing all the bears on foot. <laughs> that's right. They're having trouble, the two of them. Right. Um, um, and there's no ordinances of, at all restricting people's behavior. The bears just show up. They populate. They... They 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 grow in population and they show up and they're doing great. The black bears, which are traditionally, you know, we we have them around here. We see them all. They really don't want to. They they'll climb a tree. They'll get into some garbage <clears throat> when they get a chance. But really, they don't really want to see us. They're not really excited about our humans and they're not right. aggressive to humans. Obviously, unless in, circum, in certain circumstances. Um. Um. Their their easygoing sort of like ways are, are proven by the once a year statistic, uh, uh, where like once a year attack statistic. They like once a year someone's attacked by a bear. They're kind of like yogi or a black bear, I should say. Yeah, yeah. 
They're, they don't want to have anything to do with us. Yogi so, and Boo Boo. <laughs> Yogi and Boo Boo. Yeah, exactly. They just want your picnic They're looking, basket. Right, a picnic basket. <laughs> so to get a hold of your, your picnic garbage plot on your right. land. or your So uh, the Grafton Bears also start to become more bold. Now, people are starting to try to figure out why the black bears and grafts are so bold. They're not like these like laid back bears that you see. They're really aggressive and they're trying to think of like, oh, well, maybe they're eating the pet waste and it's putting weird chemicals in their bodies and they're acting crazy. It's they're going cocaine bear here. Right. I mean, they've been given all this stuff. It's like it's like trying to take away a gallon of ice cream from a birthday party you know, totally. yeah. I mean, they're going to go. And, and they're used to it. Like yeah. you're trying to say like, hey, you're going to cut off my food source because you want to like throw firecrackers at me or something like that. Like that's, I'm mad now. This isn't funny. No. I thought I was going to come here to eat. I got to feed my family. This is my plan for the day to feed my kids. Um, So uh, they start hanging out in broad daylight. They're rummaging through the trash and picking up uh, and picking off chickens and sheep. They're just doing whatever they want. Yeah. Guess what? Why not? Pretty libertarian of, yeah. of them. Uh, one even runs into two runs ran, runs off with two kittens that a woman was playing with on her lawn. <laughs> Imagine that you're playing with like your your <laughs> bear runs by and snatches kittens. up. Bear runs in and just grabs. I mean, it's pretty sad for the kittens. I don't want to sound like I'm heartless, but I mean, you know, if a, if let's let's be honest, if we just let all the pets go and we all died, they'd all get eaten by bears. They'd all get eaten by bears. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 a lot of cats turn out to be lame. Oh, that's for sure. I'm not a cat guy, no matter what you say. But the fact of the matter is, like, you're never going to pin me and say like. But the truth is, cats can be pretty nice. They like to like lull you in and then like scratch your face off. They do something lame. Yeah, yeah. There's like any out of the blue. Yeah. But but the good cats are good. They're good cats out there. I'm not going to say they're not. Uh, just like there are good dogs out there. Sure. But a lot of cats are. I'm gonna. Ima- I'm just gonna put it in my head that these are the, gonna be grow up to be lame cats. Right. And uh, and that's just the way it was. You know. Well, they that's were how, raised by lame people, so that's how I'm going to sleep tonight. Yeah. Um, with, yeah, with this cat, with this kitten death on my mind. Um, <laughs> another, uh, another bear. Uh, go, they start going into people's homes, going well, into the houses because they're, they're, they're smart. Yeah, because that's where the food. We're used to right. the food, and nobody hassles us. So they stop giving it to us. So I'm going to get it. They go in to get right. the food. Yeah. So um, people begin shooting the bears. They begin trying to booby trap their property to defer the bears, like try to, to deter them, I mean, to try to uh, hurt them. So they go like, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, I don't want to be in this guy's. I don't want to be in this guy's land. I want to be in that guy's land. They obviously don't know a lot about bears. You can like shoot a bear's babies and then transport it like 100 miles away and it will come back. It'll find its way back to, to you. get your garbage can again. Um, uh, so. Uh, while while some people, as I mentioned, sort of throw firecrackers at them to try to like make, make loud noises and scare them away, while others still uh, continue to feed them <laughs> because it's because there's no rules. You can do what you want. If you're the kind of person who's like, I love bears, they're so cute and fuzzy, and I want to walk around my property. Uh, one woman <clears throat> admits that admitted that she would provide uh, feasts of grain and along with sugar donuts uh, for the bears. <laughs> sugar. I'm thinking they came for the sugar donuts. I'm thinking they came. Yeah, yeah. They they came for the for the grain and they stayed for the for donuts. The donuts. Um, as one woman put it, which actually happens to be like 
the wife of this like uber libertarian who eventually um who actually welcomed these people to the state in advance was in government and all this stuff like that and he i think he even kind of went like whoa this isn't what i expected i expected some utopia where it was cool um the, his wife says uh, some people just don't get the responsibility side of libertarianism oh imagine that Mark. You mean like the side that's, that that governs logic and how to treat one another, etc.? Someone actually, I read a piece where someone mentioned the fact that a libertarian is the kind of person who, they're lovely, nothing nothing wrong with the people as, as, as on a day-to-day basis. They'll help their neighbor, but they'll also show up at the town hall and vote down and yell down the thing that their neighbor needs to help them. Right. Like to support that. Like my neighbor needs a, a, a like a land easement. No! We That's don't do right, yeah. that here. It's like, but I'll show up at your doorstep and help you shovel. Right. I'll, I'll let you do this. I'll do that. But when it comes to anything like that would, would raise your taxes, whatever, no, no. chance. I, I, I remember back in Denver, uh, a guy, he was kind of this way, and he was complaining about uh, p- the police ticketing speeders on his street. And mm-hmm. he said it was just a money grab. And I said, perhaps it's because people are speeding and the neighbors don't like it. Right, and he's right. like, yeah, right. Right. Was, I mean, the reason we have laws mm-hmm. is to stop people from doing things they do. Yeah. Yeah. If the people didn't speed, the city would not make money mm-hmm. from speeders. That's right. I mean, it's yeah. pretty simple. It's true. But whatever. So apparently libertarians, uh, this woman's comment makes me think, apparently libertarians um, realized that they had, the, the libertarians realized, uh, well, they, I don't, again, I don't think they did realize it, but you'd think they'd eventually realize that there are, uh, that, 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 that there are different ideas uh, in, in regards to what it is to be a libertarian and to, quote, live free. Oh, sure. I mean, there is a person yeah. who thinks that live free means you can do, you can, you can eat other people, eat other people. Yeah. That as long as they're okay with it, hey, you're going to die, I'll eat you. I don't care. If you don't care, fine. But then there are other people who are like, well, that's clearly that's something you can't do. Morally, it's wrong, but then moral ambiguity comes into this because, well, I can do, I can dump toxic waste on my land. It's my land. I mean, I know your land is attached to my land. But that's not really my problem. I'm not dumping toxic waste on your land, though. Right. No, I'm, I'm dumping, dumping it, on, it my. on my land. I mean, I don't know what happens when it goes underground and into the groundwater. Hey, no, I'm not a scientist. Right. I'm not a groundwater scientist. Okay. Not All my problem. I know is that I'm, and you're not going, and what, and, and it's none of your business because it's my right. land. So, um, a real estate development called uh, Grafton's. So the things start to unravel. Um, a real estate development called Grafton's Gulch, obviously. And Rand. Based on yeah. Galt's Gulch, goes bankrupt. The guy acting on the word from God who moved there with the word from God, he, he fails his, in his attempt to get tax-free status for his church that he bought and then he went broke, like sold all his possessions to like start up a church there and um, and create this like y- religious utopia based on whatever religion he was sort of like. And I don't think it was like, like, a, like even one of the main religions. Um, he loses, he, he, he doesn't get his tax free status. Uh, he loses his influence in the town. Eventually he dies in a fire like that winter. Um, seems like he was kind of going, getting a little loopy. Well, you know, he probably didn't install smoke detectors or sprinklers because he doesn't have to, because damn it, 
this is a libertarian society where I get to live free. And maybe he was like, or bur- die. He was burning oh. the mound of tires next to his house, and it caught his <laughs> caught it. Well, right. it was, well, after he went to bed, I'm going to start the mound of tires on fire. The the breeze doesn't matter. Which would be more ironic as if his neighbor started the tires on fire and he died in a fire. Yeah, if like a, if like yeah. embers fluted over yes. and landed and then it started in a fire and yeah. that would not be the neighbor's responsibility. I didn't. I didn't burn. The, I did not burn the tires on your property. I did not burn the tires on your property. Yeah. It's not my responsibility. Yeah. Your house started on fire because your house is clearly right. not built. You should have had a, a metal roof. Yep. And metal siding. Yep. And uh, a sprinkler. Yeah. And a smoke detector. And, a, and you should sleep in a fireproof right. jammies. In fireproof jammies. <laughs> like I do. Probably made with asbestos because that's very fireproof. Totally fireproof. And yeah. you can have it there because it's a libertarian there's, there's society. There's no rules. Right. So um, uh, the survivalist commune uh, walls itself off and turns into something like a prison. One of the state officials, the guy I mentioned, <clears throat> who's a libertarian, who welcomed the movement was... Uh, soon uh, turned on by his own people uh, when, among other examples, he supported a measure to restrict bonfires during high wind, high wildfire risk days. Um, soon, another... Uh, now, they keep in mind, this went on for like... I mean, it's still kind of kind of going from 2004. I mean, I think it went on for like a good 10 years or so, give or take a little bit, that it actually sort of they tried to get a foothold... <clears throat> And, you know, but still, New Hampshire sort of welcomes this as a concept anyway. Um, Another uh, more ambitious, quote, free state project, which is what this is now sort of turned into, um, calling for libertarians to move to all of New Hampshire, um, not just Grafton, begins to gain ground. And Grafton's attempts to help to get help from the Fish and Game Department with their black bear population, which is now doubled from 93 to 2012, are completely rebuffed. <clears throat> so things are starting to unravel. <clears throat> um, the 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 uh, the lack of help uh, for the black bear population and the aggressive bears, um, the argument is, well, it's illegal to kill bears. So we don't know what you want to do about it. <laughs> um, Fish and Game, which is the government con- agency that controls, of course, like, you know, culling populations and helping with this sort of thing, they're grossly underfunded <clears throat> because the state itself... Does, is the live free state and does not support the does not have income tax does not have sales tax does not support give much support to these agencies um they don't really have a lot of options not much they can do um and um well uh uh it seems like as though with some some exceptions um no one seems to really want the bears in their yard but also no one in the state seems very motivated to support the services that keep them out by paying taxes. So there's clearly this disconnect and Hmm. New Hampshire itself, although, you know, a very beautiful, nice state is running, has run into some problems. And that is the story of the free town project. It seems that um, they shouldn't have to fund, you know, any kind of service to get rid of the bears because it should just magically happen due to this libertarian ideal. The bears will just magically go away, just like your dishes will get washed or whatever. I think that the concept of the libertarian, the libertarian concept, the problem, the inherent problem is, is that they assume that they, they as human beings and libertarians need to continue to exist in this paradigm. It actually works. 
they'll just get eaten right actually like it, it it works it's just that the way it plays out in sort of like a war games computer scenario is that eventually the bears run you out and you're no longer there and you go well, this is the perfect libertarian right like 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 project it showed exactly what's going to happen everything devolves we disappear and nature takes over because that's ultimately the core of what libertarianism yeah. would create it's it's like you know there there are some countries where you you could think of that might be kind of libertarianism like say South Sudan or mm. Haiti or Haiti where sure. there is essentially no government right and people just kind of coalesce into gangs yeah and they just run around and kill their opponents yeah i mean it's, i it's, mean it's it's right? gangland yeah. la years ago it's it's detroit. the bronx whatever in the 80s it's uh it's detroit yeah it eventually turns into and it's not and it's and it's it's again it's not what these people think it's like you have to assume that everybody has the same sort of like like has the same moral attitude that you do in concept in the like hey you know, if my neighbors snowed in, I'm going to go help them. And right. there's people who are like, if my neighbors snowed in, I don't really care. That's their problem. Why That's didn't they get problem. a plow? They should have gotten the plow. I bought a plow. Right. I'm not going to go help them. I don't yeah. spend fuel. I don't want to buy. I don't spend money. They could want... pay me. If they want to pay me. Right. Maybe. Yeah. If I feel like I'll it. show up. And eventually it just, everything sort of tends to devolve. It's it's sad reality. I get it. Like I, 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 I my heart aches for the libertarian concept, but the problem is human beings just we suck. Yeah, we we kind of suck. <laughs> I, so, Mark, I had this I had this blog about Detroit for a long time. I probably mentioned this before, but I would have people contact me and say because I was kind of I wasn't showing like the best parts of Detroit. You know, I was showing like the abandoned houses and the falling down, you know, infrastructure. And people would contact me and say, um, "We should turn this into a libertarian utopia." And I said, "Well, you realize that." There's you know, no police in this part of right. the city. Yeah. There's nobody's picking up the trash and the water infrastructure is failing and the sewers are failing. And they said, well, they, that's okay. We'll, so it, we went around and around. I, like I, I kind of played into this for a while and mm-hmm. I eventually just gave up because it was just like beating your head against the wall. But what, what they came up with was what I had mentioned earlier. They were going to pool their money together mm-hmm to pay for these services <laughs> as a group. And I said, you realize that's what a government is. Yeah, yeah. You vote for the people to represent you to get this stuff done. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you pay through your taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what you have created, what you as this, like obviously to some degree affluent, probably white American group, mostly the people are talking to you. Yeah. Uh, are trying to do is actually turn this into a non-libertarian right place. It you just want no everybody services. to be like you. It has no police services. There is no garbage pickup. There is no water services. Nobody comes if the house is on fire. Right. This is actually nobody in this neighborhood is capable of or or there to pay taxes. What you've created is a libertarian society. We created it and we dumped it on. African-American people right, yeah. and poorer people to suffer. Um, and then we point at it and go like, that's awful. But what we should be doing is we should be doing the exact same thing, but living in really nice houses right. and not paying taxes. Like I will, it's like, like this is an experiment that doesn't need to be tried. It was tried. And it didn't work. It's been work. tried over and over again. 
It was tried in Cabrini Green. It was tried in Detroit. It's been tried in the Bronx. You have already created these food wastelands, these lace wastelands, dumped other people than you in them and criticized them on the nightly news in 60 Minutes by the fact that it didn't work out. Because again, nobody sweeps, sweeps, in, sweeps in to like build some great economy and some 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 sort of some sort of like you know math you know head of industry like Elon who's going to pull into the Bronx in 1982 and fix that and go like hey all everyone here needs is like a solid infrastructure they need to make money so they can support their community nobody does that you just, right so it's been done it's been done over and over again at the expense of other people and people keep trying to do it because they've got the money at some point everything was libertarianism. Sure. The re- societies formed post libertarianism. Right, right, right. <laughs> the cavemen were libertarians. Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember. And then they smacked each other over the head with rocks and stole each other's food and stole each other's yeah. children or wives or whatever. Yeah. It's called, it's, it, yeah. Got it, eaten by animals and then said, hey, maybe if we get together and we pay those seven guys over there that are really strong and have big spears to protect us from mm-hmm, the animals mm-hmm. and go hunt for us. Maybe that would work out better. It's called Lord of the Flies. Right. <laughs> I think it's called. If you haven't read it, give it a try. Give it a try. Yeah, just don't try. Just don't end up being piggy in the story. Piggy. Oh man, <laughs> I know. I, I, you know, well, I've got some got some stories uh, that are kind of like real life Lord of the Flies that I'm going to do one day. Let's do it. Yeah. But but today, We're- I'm going to talk about. The balloon guy. And you're going to float above all. You're, Kevin, you're going to lift us above all of this. Yes, that's you're right. Float above us, above all the nonsense and the noise. Uh, you know, there is maybe a little bit of libertarianism in this story at some point. Right. They didn't choose it. Well, <laughs> kind of they did. So this is about Solomon August Andre. And he is a Swedish engineer, physicist, aeronaut, and Polar Explorer. Gosh. He's kind of like Buckaroo Banzai. I don't have anywhere near those connections. You remember Buckaroo Banzai, yeah, right? Totally, yeah, yeah. Neurosurgeon, Someone rock star. Universe. Yeah, he was like time traveler. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that's the one thing Solomon's missing. That's right. <laughs> time traveler. He, uh, he, he uh, you know, ends up leading an ill-fated balloon expedition attempting to cross over the North Pole. It's the best kind of balloon yes. expedition as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Ill-fated? Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that I could, mean, the if it was successful, guy. it might not be so so interesting. It it's, would not be on the show. It's not sexy. Like, you know, it's not like you, you did took a ship, you got trapped, and you, you're floating in a balloon. It certainly wouldn't be on our show. There's nothing really, really cool about floating around in a balloon. I mean, no. I'm not saying it wouldn't be cool. Actually, I shouldn't say, except for the guy who's actually floating in the balloon and enjoying the view. Yes. Other than that... Really not that cool. Not that cool. He, so he was born in, this is this is a long time ago. I mean, relatively speaking, 1854 in Grana, Sweden. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it. What's it spelled? G-R-A with the like, the two Umlaut. dots. Is that an yeah, umlaut? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. N-N-A. Ooh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, his father died when he was 16. He was close to his mother. Uh, and four years later, he, he ends up graduating from the Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm with a degree in mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's I, he, pretty successful. So at 20, he's, he's got a degree in mechanical engineering, All right. but his career starts off 
uh, with a stint as a janitor. That seems weird to me. That he wouldn't have done better, but maybe he wasn't. He wasn't high society. Maybe he couldn't get himself positioned. I mean, this could kind of be uh, foretelling. Maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. I, so he was a janitor at the Swedish Pavilion at the Centennial Exposition in Philadelphia in 1876. He's in Philadelphia as a janitor. Yeah. Okay. For the Swedish Exposition. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. A Swedish Pavilion they flew, at the Exposition. They boated them over. Yes. They brought their own janitors. Yeah. Good people. Good. They, good. Clean they didn't, people. They did not fly over in a balloon. But during his trip, he reads a book on trade winds, as one does, mm-hmm. uh, and he meets American balloonist John Wise. Ooh. I would like to read about John Wise. I'm not sure what he's famous for. Ballooning, apparently. Apparently, yeah. I think it's in... <laughs> not, not balloon animals, I don't think. <laughs> right, he's right? a balloon. Yeah. He's a balloonist. Yeah. Right. Is that what they call it? <laughs> I don't know. Balloonist? Probably. <laughs> which, which begins his, his fascination with balloon travel. All right. Um, upon returning to Sweden, he opens and runs an unsuccessful machine shop until 1880. Also, maybe a sign of things to come. So he starts his mechanical engineering career as a janitor mm-hmm. runs an unsuccessful machine shop continues it as a failed yeah. machinist yeah okay gotcha uh the next two years he's an assistant at the royal institute of technology mm-hmm. so you know kind of like schools like to do here they say we have a 80 percent employment rate upon graduation Whereas really 10% of those people are working back in the field for the university university themselves, calling people to try and sell them on coming to the university. That's apparently what was going on with law schools during the recession is they would hire their graduates to sell other prospective students on coming to get a law degree <laughs> i am a am a graduate myself as a matter of fact and i'm right. looking forward to my long career as and soon as i as a um graduate uh with a law degree and one hundred eighty thousand dollars in debt i am making twelve dollars an hour <laughs> calling you <laughs> they're giving me 10 percent break on every for every hour i work on That's my right. debt uh so you know um in 1882 and 1883, he becomes part of a Swedish expedition, a scientific expedition to Spitsbergen, which is like Svalbard. I think that's kind of far north Norway. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fairly back then, probably really. You, you can know, imagine. Yeah. Like, there's nothing there now. There couldn't then, have been anything there no. then. And it would have been. Well, it, well, tell me what season they went in. But either way, it would have been cool. Yeah, I don't know the season. It, uh, but it I was just wanted led to by... go there in the dead of winter and just be like, well, there was zero there. Well, there's there's probably no light, right? I mean, isn't That's that like too. Arctic Circle yeah, area? Yeah, no light. He, it's led by Niels Ekholm. Um, important because he'll come up later in the story. Uh, where he studied, quote, air electricity. Mm-hmm. I cannot find anything about air electricity, Mark. I think it's one of those things that maybe people thought that, that it was a thing. Like they'd right. see like the Northern Lights and they think this must be electricity in the air. Yeah. We can get this. We can, yeah. Sort of harness like a, this like or we something. Can harness this. Sure. I could find nothing about it. Hmm. Um, it also sounds like there was some mapping done on the trip of this, you know, Northern Norway or uh, Sweden, I should say. Kind of, they, kind of, they kind of run into each other there at the top, I think. Yes. Yeah, so Svalbard is Norway, not Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, from 1885 on, he works for the Swedish Patent Office, 
and he was a member of the Stockholm City Council from 1891 to 1894. Mm -hmm. Starting to see a little more success yeah, okay. here. He's in the patent office, which, you know, who else? Einstein. Yes. patent office. Yeah. yeah. Um, perhaps that's where I should work next, Mark. <laughs> Maybe that's your next one. That's, yeah. your, that's, your, that's your career and your next My life. My pathway to success. Uh, his scientific career included published articles in scientific journals on topics such as air electricity, mm -hmm. uh, conduction of heat, and inventions. Hmm. I would think I could find an article about air electricity if he published articles about it, but I could not find anything. Mm, maybe they went down with the balloon. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, is Google's algorithm surfaces other things. There's air and there's electricity. Oh, right. And it's probably like, you know, on the 1,275th page. Of, you just got to keep, you got to yeah. dedication. Keep scrolling. You're just not dedicated enough. I was not yet. dedicated you don't have enough. The, you don't have the discipline. No, I do not. <laughs> he um he was he was kind of, he was an interesting guy though. He was of the opinion that the only thing that mattered was natural sciences, and he had no interest in art or literature. Huh. Okay. Well, so when I say interesting, I mean not interesting, right? Like um he would be probably the worst person to sit next to at a dinner party. Where he would talk about were, air electricity. Unless you didn't wear shoes to the dinner party and had like, you know, I mean, had, had like, hadn't washed in a couple of days. And you were one of those freeloaders that <coughs> just came for the free food. He sounds like somebody, I mean, that's a singularly focused person and that's great, but that's not, that's, you know, it's, he's not a romantic. No, you know, not, 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 not very fun, right? <coughs> not, not a fun, not a fun guy not to hang out with. the funnest guy you'd have ever had a dinner party with. Um, he was very much for technological and industrial progress and he believed that the emancipation of women would come as a result. So I, I, I don't know why that was in the things I read. I kind of think that maybe that's showing that he didn't like to bother himself with those kinds of social and political things because they're just going to automatically have... It's kind of like trickle-down um, trickle economics. We're, we don't have to worry about the poor We'll just cut taxes on the rich, and therefore the poor will be taken care of. That's it's kind a, of what I think this is. It's back to the it'll work itself out yes, exactly. sort of concept. Maybe he's a libertarian, of, of a libertarian in, yeah. uh, at yeah. heart. Um, and also it didn't affect him really, so what did he really care? So, yeah, did right. Didn't, you know, well, I, I don't disagree with you know women's rights, but I mean... I'm not going to do anything about it'll it. It'll figure itself out. Yeah. He uh, came up with the idea of taking a hydrogen balloon from Svalbard across the Arctic Sea, passing over the North Pole and landing in either Alaska, Canada, or Russia. It's a pretty widespread, but okay. Um, he did uh, apparently remark that maybe he would land in San Francisco. Why not? Just as kind of like, haha. I think maybe he was thinking um, it would be cool to go to San Francisco. He wanted a yeah. free trip to San Francisco is what he wanted. Yeah, he wanted someone else to pay for his Right, vacation. why not? Um, in 1893, he purchased a balloon and completed nine journeys practicing various techniques for his North Pole expedition. Ooh. So that's 1893. I never think of ballooning as having technique. I'm sure it does, by the way. But I never think of that. Just because you just haven't gotten it. You just don't know, Mark. Kevin, your ballooning technique really needs some work. Yes, I know. It's, it's very poor technique. Yeah, you're very poor ballooning. You're a good ballooner. Don't get me wrong. Your ballooning has been successful so far, and but my you, technique is pretty rough. But your technique really needs some work. You yes. really need to get your technique down. Yeah, it's kind of ugly. You're burning a lot of uh, ballooning energy. Yes, uh, when you could um, have a, if you had a better. I could technique. be more efficient. You could be more efficient. Yeah. Andre was Andre was eas easily able to gain financial support for his prop proposed expedition. 
Um, easily? Easily, yeah. Great. Well, so, I mean, there was like... Um, I don't, I don't know. He he found an enthusiastic, you know, reception in geographers and meteorologists at the 1895 meeting of the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences. Hmm. I can, I, I can see this actually because there isn't like a lot of there's not air travel really yet, and, and people are trying to figure out what's next. And and you know there was uh, a lot of un, unexplored places, and there you know yeah. there was the race to the the. Sure. I can't even remember what there was something like a thousand people tried during a period of time to get to the North Pole. 751 of them died. Nice. 75% death rate, hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think also there was a there was a very major interest in, in backing of the sciences. Yes. The so, yes. Yeah, they were they were feeling uh, quite enlightened. Um, so he uh, he seems quite confident despite his lack of expertise. I mean, you know, he's he's bought a balloon and he's he's flown it nine times, but he's not really an expert in either ballooning or the Arctic. We've come across this before, haven't we, Captain? The fact that there are people out there who somehow managed to get fi- funding for things that they barely know how to do. Yeah, there's a few of those people around. It's and like quite amazing. backers. Yes, well, let me tell you some of his. It's kind of like the concept of like Silicon Valley, right? As kind he's, of. You know, this is Silicon... a startup. Yeah, it's a startup. Yeah, found some venture capital. It's early startup. Yeah, yep. he sold some shares. Yep. Uh, you know, these are founder shares. Mm-hmm. So, um, so and and the people he got to fly with him in the balloon obviously get the the non-founder shares. So if the if the um, it's not successful, their shares are worth nothing. But the founders get made whole what would i wonder what Crunchbase would have made of this right to google that how yeah. what Crunchbase thinks of these we should do a crunch base for like former an andrea adrian andrea's in horowitz or whatever his name is we should ask him his opinion on yeah. this would he have founded it or you know funded it i think so i think I a think lot so. i think we do we'd be we'd be we'd he'd, he's a guy that got 150 million well when he listens to this episode he'll let us know in the comments in fact we're gonna uh we're gonna launch our own balloon expedition uh mm-hmm. for anyone who's interested in financing it Yes. So just keep keep we'll keep you posted. And but we want to, want to derail the story here. I mean helium balloons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With which string. apparently are re- it's a with, great idea. Yes, with string, and you so, and you uh, take them to parties, mm-hmm. and you give them to little kids. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and they cry when they blow away. Um, he uh, let's see. So um, he he had convinced them. He assured the audience that the summer weather in the Arctic is. Quote, uniquely suitable for ballooning. <laughs> uniquely suitable. Well, 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 well worded. Yes, well worded. Ultimately, he was financed by the likes of King Oscar II and Alfred Nobel. Nobel? Yeah. I've heard that name before. Yeah, I think it has to do with some prize these days. Hmm. A small prize. Yeah. It's a, the, not, have, a, not a lot of money behind that Nobel I have a feeling prize. that this was <gasps> not a winner. This doesn't didn't make the list. Yeah, I think there's there's a list of like, Winners and then abs- absolute failures, maybe the Nobel Prize, yeah. the Nobel Prize, like the like the Razzies, yes, the ra- for Nobel Prizes, <laughs> like the golden toilet seat or whatever it's right, whatever yeah, it is. yeah, that would have been like Elizabeth Holmes would have right. gotten the Raz, the the Nobel Prize <laughs> yeah. Razzie for having not accomplished any of the things <laughs> right. you said and going to jail instead. Oh, maybe we should start that. He would he would get one too, except hmm, he wasn't there to accept it. It was viewed as quote brave and patriotic. See, so this is the thing. This kind of reminds me of the whole Darien scheme, right? Mm-hmm. People were so excited about the prospect of their country. Like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, we can do this. 
he can do it and he'll do it for me. I don't have to risk my life, but let's get behind we get it. Get all excited about this. Like, you know, they know um uh Hitler wanted to have the first, you know, TV global TV signal sent out when he announced whenever the Olympics whatever it was, whatever he did his speech. Um, we, you know, getting to the moon first, everyone oh, yeah. wants to be first Yes, as though that's like a thing, you know, yeah. it's still a thing. And we teach our kids that first, you know, you know, we well, we're basically teaching the world constantly that second place is the first loser, which is not really very fair. And, you know, when you look at speaking of startups, Bill Gates and Microsoft were not first. No. In fact, they took other people's things. They bought IBM's, like, yeah. Right. And and just changed it, how it was done, mm-hmm. and made more money. Yeah, and I'm not really entirely sure what TikTok is, but I think it's a lot like YouTube, except, like, just different algorithm to feed you crap a different way And Instagram. You should really get on talk tick, Mark. Should I? Yes. TikTok. It's about time. Tick, tick, TikTok. I've been, it's on, yeah. been on my bucket list. It's going to get banned. Yeah, you know. Because, uh, you know, unlike the American companies, they are taking all your information. Oh, wait. That Damn is how. Ha- Dang. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not selling it to. And yeah, and Instagram's not selling your stuff to China no. as it is. So. They're selling it to whoever wants it. Yeah. You know, they're selling it to Cambridge Analytics. Right. Who is selling it to everybody else. <laughs> um, the, the Swedes did not have the capabilities to make such a balloon. So he purchased one from France. Some big famous balloon maker the diameter of the balloon once inflated was 20.5 meters so that's big it's like 70 feet or something right wow that's really big initially he claimed the balloon could stay afloat for 900 days but he quickly revised that figure down to 30 (laughs) (laughs) it's Mm. almost 900 it's but it was in the variance it was in the the, the, plus or minus plus or minus 870 (laughs) He named it um, Urin or Urn, Urnin. I don't know. The Eagle. The Eagle. Yes. Um, he also never took it for a test flight. Smart. But he was going to fly it across the Arctic. Well, he's only now, flown I mean, nine times. I wouldn't take make my tenth one the test flight. I mean, right. you know, might, might bang this thing up. Well, I mean, his tenth will be the test. That's the right. <laughs> the hard part is the landing. You don't want to bang it up on the landing. Once you get off the ground, this right. thing will float. There. It's optimal conditions. It will fly Captain. for nine, well, at least 30 days. Optimal conditions right. across the pole. So optimal. as soon as they get off the ground, who cares if I cr- I don't want to crash it on the, on the test run. I mean, you know, once I'm done with this, we'll probably start ballooning vacations across oh, the Arctic. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because be it's, it's optimal you're conditions. You're going to be like Club Med Martinique balloon trip. Who wouldn't want to do this? Yeah, you get like four or five people and, on it. And once you hear this, Mark, you'll want to do it too. It's economically completely sound. We're going to yes. send four or five people, maybe a small family, on a balloon trip. They're going to go to Disney, Disney I World. I would recommend, Mark, that you start tra- transcribing this because this could pretty much just go in the brochure to sell this service, I this wanna, trip. I want to think about the, the commercialization of ballooning in the sense of like tourism travel and what an airport would look like. Yes. I mean, and on, on one end, there's the Hindenburg. And on the other end, there's this. Yeah. So it's bookended by two really exciting. Magnificent <laughs> moments in history. The, the first attempt was made in 1896. So it's three years later. You know, now he's finally. He's, he's owned this balloon for three years. And he yes. hasn't touched it. Thing. Yeah, he hasn't flown it. It's Jeez. just been sitting in some storage place. The the um, He's going to go. So he's he's got Nils. Alcolm, the guy who led that other expedition, oh, yeah. he went on. And Nils Strindberg, a student and photographer. 
on board. So they're they're like going to go. Unfortunately, the balloon leaks hydrogen through all of the approximately 8 million needle holes. Now, I'm going to just point out the fact that this was made by a country that nev- that's lost every war it's ever... I mean, it's never... It's not a winning country. I love France, by the way, but it's not a winning country. What do they do? They they can they can do they can make a can they make a car? No, that's the Italians. They can um, make a baguette. They can and ride some a bike. Cheese. Ride the hell out of a bike. Yeah, and wine. They can yes, all of the all of the all the actually all the kind of really cool stuff. You're right. So this isn't cool. So the French, I don't know if you're gonna go with it with the no. French. You know, they can ride and, a bike and they can make you know they great coffee. They try things like you know gluing on strips of silk or whatever it is over the holes. It's not working. Um, plus, the wind is blowing in the wrong direction, and the men, while techno- technologically capable, are unprepared for, you know, what they might might encounter. And, all, and, and the leaking is so bad that the balloon is losing uh, uh, so much hydrogen that they estimate it will only stay aloft for at most 17 days. So this is this is like sending a boat onto the ocean with with, with holes with like in 10, it. 10,000 yeah. holes in it. Yeah. And you're like it probably can get across the Atlantic. Well, halfway at least. Okay, maybe it gets out of the harbor. And they're <laughs> and keeping keeping in mind the fact that like once they reach altitude they're going to slowly drift downward, which is going to be thicker air and they're not going to travel as fast. They're not going to get into like whatever the stream is up. If only they could get up there. Let's see. If only they could get up there. Yeah. Well, uh, so Alcom tells Andre that he's not taking part uh, unless he gets a better balloon constructed. Mm-hmm. Apparently that doesn't happen because he drops out. Yeah. He gets replaced, um, you know, for the next one, which it is in 1897, so a year later, the winds are more favorable, and Uckholm is replaced by Knut Frankel. Frankel? It's like that A and E combined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Frankel. I don't know that So means. they get underway on July 11th, 1897. Mm-hmm. On board, the forms of communication with the outside world are buoys, which apparently they just like drop things and be oh, like, yeah. hey, we were here. Oh, we yeah, were, like, right? like lower it. Yeah, sure. I guess. Why not? And homing pigeons. Wow. So they take a bunch of birds with them, apparently. Um, but, you know, right from the get-go, things are a little rocky. Uh, immediately upon lifting off, it's been in, in this hangar in uh In, small like, made bard. of like, cow skin, or it's rotting. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so it, it lifts off, and then immediately the wind blows it straight into the side of the hangar. Perfect. So it crashes into the hangar mm-hmm. and then drags up the side of the hangar till nice. it clears it. Nice. So they didn't think to start on the, what is it, the leeward side? <laughs> side. <laughs> nice. right. So yeah. they know a lot about wind, is what you're, you're right. saying, and wind direction. That, that book about trade winds, he read that a long time ago. <laughs> How about you lick your finger and you hold it up in the <laughs> right. air? I, I did, I, rem- I, I mean, I guess a seven-year-old could. I was a golf caddy. We I had did. to do that all the time. You know what's going to happen here, though? Is this going to blow? Are we going to blow into the hangar? We should just push it out further into the field. <laughs> right. How about that? We'll get over the hangar. And shortly after, it, 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 so it clears the hangar, and it immediately starts dropping towards the beach. Uh, the ropes, which this it has this ingenious system, Mark, of steering the balloon, which is three huge ropes uh, that weigh hundreds of pounds each. Oh, oh my a th- God. Two, a thousand and sixty, one thousand one hundred sixty pounds, I believe, is what the ropes weigh. 
each one. So they have like 3,000 pounds of rope that are going to drag. So they're only going to fly high, high enough. enough that the ropes will drag on the ground. And they'll be able to like lift a rope a little, you know, to, to steer the, the balloon that way. What, what if they go over stuff? Okay, I'm not going to ask. Uh, like a tree? Or, and what if know? the ropes get soaked in water and then get heavier? I mean, what if the ropes get pulled off the balloon? That's true, too. They um, just turn go in circles. Yeah. Parliament, Big Ben. Look, kids, Big Ben, <laughs> Parliament. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the, the balloon, um, because of the ropes, it's got so much drag. The balloon starts dropping, it's, and it's headed for the water. It drags so low that the the basket goes into the water. <laughs> Excellent. Gets wet. <laughs> right. Nice. So in, in, a, in an attempt to avoid capsizing, they dump 440 pounds of sand. So they dump a bunch of their ballast uh-huh. to lift off. Uh-huh. Well, at the same time, two of these 1,000-pound ropes fall off because they got stuck. <laughs> so now in trees. They've, they've lost like 2,500, 2,600 pounds. The balloon shoots up. <laughs> So now, now the other rope is now no longer dragging. They are now, uh, it climbs to, uh, 700 meters and, and while they're dragging along the sand, they could have bailed out, but they're thinking that at this point, he's kind of like, uh, I got to do it. And you know, there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, talk about why he even continued with this when, when his, you know, um, his, first uh you know what is it balloon mate bails yeah right i mean it's obviously like, doing yeah the guy who's like yeah this is ridiculous and apparently uh in in the years that it took for this to even happen people really don't care that much anymore <laughs> you know and but he they they think he feels that he can't back out now it's that whole throwing good money after bad yeah. the whole sunk cost fallacy he's like i gotta do it or i'm a loser yeah right how am I gonna dig myself? How am I gonna? Yeah. How am I gonna get out of this? I got all this money, and I, what, was he gonna pay it back? So How's he? Small place he probably time. spent it all on blow and hookers. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, totally. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, on on you know pickled hair, you know, mustard covered <laughs> yeah. pickled herring and pickled uh, herring, and... you know, and knicka broad. <laughs> he was he was <laughs> all i could think of is i'm sorry i spent some time in sweden i'm thinking of like flat i'm thinking of all of the foods his the, bounty that like he, cold he, dry fish yeah, and on. hard bread and cheese oh yeah and, and mm. schnapps and you know oh, i like schnapps i like good i like a good schnapps yeah well so you know when it climbs that high though it increases the pressure and so the balloon leaks even faster and it's getting cold, right? Yeah. Does that happen? But to now, so now it's it's dropping even it's dropping faster now. Oh, God. But but at that altitude, there's also stronger winds, and they encounter a storm. So the, I mean, this is like optimal conditions. I mean, they have not gone very far, but they are they are heading away from where they launched from, and the people there are just kind of like, yeah, huh. Yeah, I don't they've know. Left. They've left. Yeah, they've left. Let's go home now. <laughs> Let's go eat our pickled herring. We're gonna wait for a a, pig, a homing pigeon to land <laughs> on our and tell us what's going on. Um. So you know, at at this point, the the flight is completely undirected. They have no way to control it whatsoever. Uh, the balloon travels for an estimated fifty-one to sixty-five hours. Um. 
Is one, this longer than than the uh, the Vasa floated in the harbor of Stockholm before it flipped over? I think mm, it is. I think that he might did be. better. Yeah, he, he, he did the Vasa. Yeah. Another yeah, Swedish he, disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Sweden has come a long way. I love Sweden. I love Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've just kind of given up on this nonsense, right? Like, you know what? We're, let's just go make electronic music. Right. <laughs> let's go make cool, like, indie electronic music. I don't know. Drink some schnapps. Uh, have some. Know. Are they the ones who do the Heige thing? The whole like, oh, that winter thing where they just like get together and drink yeah. alcohol and sit by a fire. It's pretty much. It's pretty much Sweden's excuse See, for they, everything. They figured out what to do. Yeah, they did. You don't. You don't need to get in a balloon, and go across the Arctic. You can stay right in the right. ground and just drink some schnapps by a fire with some flesk <laughs> That's roasting right. on a ironclad pan. So one report uh, states that they think the balloon only flew for 10 hours and the remainder was the the basket bouncing and dragging along the ground which would be 40, 41 to 55 hours of bouncing along the ground <laughs> yeah, what is that how does that work on like one of those sort of like you know one of those sort of like um uh, um athletic tracker watches like how does that work on a <laughs> And so right. is that is that on the Apple like watch or like how much time did you run? Did right. you swim? Did you blow or, or Strava? How much time did you bob along? Right. The it would, it's like man, he ran for sixty five straight hours. Totally. This it's, man is the totally. Iron Man. He's the Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, in in his in his journal, uh, Andre notes that nobody got any sleep during the flight. Mm, surprising. Surprisingly, right? Yeah. How about during the drag? <laughs> right during the. <laughs> Even less sleep. We we're, were not. Uh, we're not ground. sure how much was sleep, uh, flight, and how much was bounce along the ground. <laughs> I would nod off for like one point two seconds at a time before we hit the ground <laughs> right. again, and then bounce back up. I wonder if anybody thought to like get out, but there because there was three of them in this basket, and it's on its side, right, being dragged, or maybe it's upright, being who knows. But it can't be fun. Hey, you know what, guys? Like, um, I'm just gonna get out. Right. <laughs> you guys have fun. You know, it's just peer pressure. Right. It's like, oh, I don't, I want to get out, but oh, they're not gonna get out. I want to be the one who gets out. Yeah. Get, if one of them gets out, I'll get out. I'll get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't want to be the first one. I gonna make, they're gonna all call me the first get out guy, but I'll never live it down. <laughs> the the official uh, objective of the expedition is to map the area with aerial photography. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't. That did not happen. However, Strindberg did manage to take around 200 photograph photographs once they managed to make a semi-controlled crash landing on the ice. <laughs> they had only gone 295 miles. I, I think the total total flight was like over a thousand. So I mean, they, they made it to like whatever well. 700 and something feet, and then or meters. Yeah, 700, 700 meters. So meters a couple a couple thousand feet, three thousand I mean, feet, maybe. Literally, yeah. they just drifted downward. Yeah, and just. By mistake, they they went two hundred and yeah. You know, they just that's how how far you would go with the winds right. at that point. They did nothing. They they must have thought at some point it was probably shortly into this trip that he was thinking this was a bad idea. I should yeah. have backed out. Mm-hmm. Um, they had three sledges, a boat, and supplies for three months. Hmm. They also had stashes in northern Svalbard and Franz Josef Land. So, but those are like, they've gone, uh, I believe, past those things. Sure, okay. Um, a week after crashing, so they, they hang out there for a while, you know, like I'm apparently figuring out what to do. They head east towards Franz Joseph Land before realizing after a week of walking up to 10 hours a day that they have never not traveled anywhere because the ice is flowing in the opposite direction. 
they're on an es- walking up an escalator in the wrong direction. <laughs> That's what I put. This that. is going to be great. <laughs> they're walking on a figurative <laughs> treadmill. <laughs> literally walking, like it's like going the wrong direction in one of those like flat escalators at the airport. Oh, I'm going to get to my gate any minute now. I'm surprised they didn't kill Andre at this point, right? Oh yeah. Like yeah, you had us walking for yeah. ten hours a day. They, yeah, we you, not but, going anywhere. But wait, you guys had well, please explain this to us. You had two months and three weeks left of food, and yet you still killed and ate your, <laughs> yeah. one of the members. And you know, I mean, why do you explain that? Well, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> and I mean, you know, at least they burned a lot of calories, ate a lot of food, and wasted a lot of time. They could have just stayed yeah. home and done that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that whole sitting in front of the fireplace yeah, with they, some schnapps and out. yeah yeah that'd have been nice ah. uh they so they then uh headed towards seven islands which i believe uh was south uh dragging their sledges behind they so they had plenty of food and they shot seals you know they they're shooting walruses polar bears whatever For but fun. they Right for fun, they just left the carcasses there. They didn't, they didn't eat them. I like that. they took a picture of it. They're like gross. Who wants to deal with that? <laughs> you, <gosh. laughs> they they had to leave a lot of equipment because um, you know they couldn't care. They the, all of this stuff they could only take. They they had to kind of like winnow down what they had to what they could carry on the sledges. It was a hundred and something pounds a piece. Mm-hmm. So they don't have three months of food anymore. They left a bunch behind. Um. Um, and what they brought was apparently maybe not always the the right thing for what they needed. Uh, they had only wool coats, trousers, and oil skins. They had no warm furs. And uh, due to the fact that it's like everything is half frozen, there's a lot of slushy water. They are, um, and it's humid and foggy. Uh, they're either wearing wet clothing or trying to dry wet clothing. Wool. Yeah, I mean, you had to at the time to some right. degree, but geez, furs would have definitely been yeah, nicer. Been the way to go. The going was slow, and it's you know it's rough and craggy. Eventually, in September, so this they this was what they started in July. Now it's September. So they've been out there a while. Um, they decide they're not getting off the ice, so they just set up shelter there on the ice. Uh, but eventually, it starts to break up, and it starts to break up kind of like under their shelter um because the ice sheet is colliding with um it's called white island oh sure yeah yeah. against it yeah Uh uh the only option they they figure is to get off uh the ice and onto the island so it takes a couple of days of shuttling their supplies onto the island which you know you're like hey you're on an island there's going to be animals this is this is good right um it's early october now and they've been on the ice for over two months um, unfortunately it doesn't get better. It gets worse <laughs> besides Strindberg's Strindberg's photographs. The men keep diaries and once on the Island, the last few pages of Andre's diary become incoherent. Oh yeah. He's hungry. He's, he's, he's losing it. Yes. Things are not going well. Um, it's believed that all three are dead within a few days. <laughs> Making it to the Island. Yes. Strindberg is believed to have gone first as, as he's buried under the rocks. Andre and Frankel are found in their tent. Now, the big question is, what did they die from? They weren't found until August of 1930. Oh, wow. So, uh, what is that, 33 years or something like that? Uh, the remains were found by a Norwegian expedition 
and the, the remains are returned to Stockholm on October 5th, 1930. And a grand homecoming is held, Mark. Oh, I this love is, these. This is kind of like the Burke and Wills expedition, this is great. right? great. You got to celebrate these people. The, the men received funerals with honors, and mm-hmm. King Gustav V spoke. Mm-hmm. No one knows the cause of death, but there are several theories, including trichinosis from undercooked polar bear meat, mm. vitamin A po- poisoning from polar bear liver, mm-hmm. lead poisoning from the food storage cans, scurvy, botulism, drowning for Strindberg, and carbon monoxide poisoning for Andre and Frankel. Though I've even heard that it's because of the, the remains were, you know, pretty decomposed at that point, that it could have been a polar bear attack or they could have, one of them could have been shot too. I'm going to go with broken heart, Kevin. Broken heart, yeah. I'm going with broken heart, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going there too. Also, one of the things I uh, I read or listened to said there was morphine found. So they're thinking they just it's possible. Like, they just, it. yeah. This ain't happening. No, I mean, there's. I mean, they obviously there was. They'd been there long. I mean, they they were. There was no getting out of no. this. No, there's no rescue balloon coming to save them. Right. Yeah. And and in the 1960s, Andre's status as a national hero becomes begins to become a bit questioned. <laughs> really, the Australians yeah. don't have a problem with there. There's with Brick Willis. I mean, there's still a. There's heroes. probably a whole celebration. Yeah, I don't right? question this. We have we have Cinco de Mayo and St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, they have Burke and Willis Day. On, you know. <laughs> the expedition was bound to fail. Andre refused to hear any questions about the expedition's feasibility. He also had very little actual flight experience and none with large balloons and certainly had no experience in the Arctic. I refuse to hear his name besmirched in this room, Kevin. I know. I mean I refuse unlike to hear- you, Mark. I think he might have been a manipulator of national emotions. No, I think at uh, a time at the time and and he has brought about needless deaths to his two companions through his stubbornness. You know, one man's manipulator of national emotions is another man's national hero, you know. I mean, That's this right. is a it's t- another man's president. Tomato tomato. I mean, it's um <laughs> He, he couldn't, uh, you know, people just decided that he couldn't back out because of the national yeah, yeah. excitement and the pride and the yeah. funding he received. Yeah. And it oh, was yeah. Nobel and yeah. Where's he going to go? Right. Sweden was small back then. Right. He wouldn't have been able to like show his face at a, you know, at a, at a, at a, at a, I don't know, a reindeer race. He could take a balloon to the Arctic. Maybe it was intended. To, it's a suicide attempt all the way. They got those. Ooh. They got that stuff. You know, you hear that stuff now. Now, like a, the pilot yeah. did this or whatever. I mean, you're like he just he planned it from the beginning. You hear? We would hear about like Inuit or or those kinds of cultures where they get on an ice floe when it's their time to go and just float away. That maybe that was his thing. Had he posted any um, any uh, social media around right, the time? Yeah. Would have suggested what yeah, his, he, where he, his mind was. He had some things where he he hated um, his his compatriots. So his compatriots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He wanted to get rid of Newt. <laughs> right, Newt he couldn't and... stand Canute. Now Nilsson, you know, was a, unfortunately he couldn't get rid of him. No, no, no that was his first to, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. But he had a he had a chip on his shoulder for anyone with a N or Kna in the beginning <laughs> of their name. <laughs> you know, what did uh, Nilsson going to do? Nilsson was uh, that's like the Brick Willis thing with a guy like bailed, and I don't remember the name, but like the guy bailed. He's like, I'm out of this. You're ridiculous, right? Yeah. I mean, I, how do you like you're walking around the world for the rest of your life going like, uh, in the told you so like sort of category? I've, I I'm really, I think he won a MacArthur Genius Grant. I'm batting a thousand yeah. in the I told you so 
you know, yeah. you want a Mac- MacArthur genius grant for that one. Yeah. They were like, this guy is obviously a genius. He's obviously a genius. <laughs> so the Swedes started to question. They started to go like, wait a minute, why are we celebrating this guy? I don't know where it stands now, but um, that's the end of my story. He, Gosh. you know. I want to um, go to Sweden and find yeah. out. I want to ask a man on the street thing, like, you know. And, and and I really want to get this this balloon, the startup balloon um, thing going. You know, I want to get it off the ground. Your own personal startup balloon. Yeah, thing? yeah, the one we yeah. were talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need yeah. some funding need for to that. Get some funding for that. Yeah. Um, anyone who's listening, we need a, just a couple. I don't know, million. Right. Yeah, a million. Just I would below. say. Uh, how many million does it take for us to get a balloon and then take that balloon to another country where they can't get their money back? Well, and pay ourselves a few million dollars each. Yeah. Uh, for you know the trouble and the work. Some place that doesn't have you know. Um, I think you're about ten million. Yeah. That, that'll do about, it. Yeah, about, ten million. It's, a, it's an expensive balloon. Well, I wanted about. I'd like to get about four point nine out of it, and you wanted, and then we got expenses. I, I might, I might even need more than that because I think I might want to up it from a balloon to a a, a blimp. Well, I was thinking about like below the balloon instead of a blimp or well, blimp's a good idea. So it could be blimp or balloon. I'm not gonna like go there. You we can okay, you can well, decide well, that part, right. but maybe we like. Maybe instead of a basket, you know, because it's this, this kind of open air. And so we yeah. like a Tesla, maybe. I don't know. A nice car. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that hanging from our balloon. Yeah. Our blimp. I would like a, maybe maybe a big gas guzzler, like an F-250. Mm. Bigger, you need a we bigger, can roll coal while we're going. You need a bigger balloon. Yeah. I think I think we're going to need a bigger balloon. <laughs> a blimp. <laughs> Which is a blimp. Right. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Well, uh, that's been fun, Mark. Um, we should do this again. Sometime before we die. Right. Let's do it next week. Yay. <laughs> this is Help Is Not On The Way with Mark Dustin. Kevin Ballman. <laughs> <laughs>